and having a time of fellowship around the good Word of God, and I sure do appreciate uh, this congregation, your support, your love, and your prayers, and uh, it's a blessing, you know, I come in and see uh, the growth physically around the church, all the different uh, things that have been added, and then look around and see some new faces, always a blessing, amen, and uh, so we've been looking forward to coming and Asking the Lord to help us in these days together and how we certainly need reviving. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand tonight. We'll reverence God's Word together. We're looking in Matthew chapter number 4. And uh, look in verse number 16. We'll start there. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the regions in shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." They straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw uh, two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you might open the Word of God to our hearts this evening. And I pray you quicken us according to your loving kindness. Lord, minister to each one in a special way. Father, you know the burdens and, Lord, the situation of everybody hearing this message, whether here or by recording or however it might go out. And I'm grateful that you accompany your word. And we ask you that the Holy Ghost would put something deep down in some heart. May the conviction power of God fall upon some precious sinner. And may tonight be the good night that they would be saved by the grace of God. Lord, I pray that you'll help and revive us, your children, and help us to get interested in what you're interested in. Lord, I pray you'd help us not just to sit down, but to move forward in these days following after you. Have your way. Give us liberty and wisdom to preach, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus has just been tempted of the devil in the early part of this chapter and overcome him in every element of his temptation. Satan's had to flee and the angels of God have come and ministered unto him. And now uh, the Lord Jesus is uh, entering into his public ministry. The Bible said when Christ came on the scene that the scripture was fulfilled that the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the regions in shadow of death, light is sprung up. And when Jesus came on the scene, He's called the light. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, I am the light of the world. And wherever Jesus went, He always brought spiritual light. And as a result, brought spiritual life. Well, as Jesus is beginning His ministry, He calls some fellows into that work with Him. 
And it gets them interested in what God is interested in. And in verse number 18, he called Peter and Andrew. And in verse 19, he said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I want to preach on this thought tonight, fishers of men. It's funny that today they had the meeting down at the school and they call it fish. Amen. As I'm sitting there and I know what the Lord wants me to preach, you as a man of God always want to make sure what the Lord wants you to say and what you want you to preach. And um, I had no idea that they were doing fishing down there at the school, but uh, what a blessing. That is a Christian analogy of seeing others get into the kingdom of God and into the family of God. Now, as we look at this, here are four men, uh, Peter and uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Andrew. They are busy in their lives. They're wrapped up in their job. Uh, They are diligent men. Uh, When the Lord comes by, some are casting nets, others are mending nets, and they're uh, doing what uh, men would do to take care of their family. And that is commendable because the Bible says, He that provideth not for his own is worse than an infidel. And we got a lot of deadbeat dads in these days that want to have a wife and children and then don't want to take care of them. God said you're worse than an infidel if that's your attitude and that's what you do. Well, these men are diligent and they're about their business and as a result, they're eating, they're drinking, uh, they're married, they're giving in marriage, they have children and life is going on and they're just involved in doing what they do. Every day, just doing what they do. Getting up, going to work, maybe fishing all night long, coming back and selling those fish. And uh, life is just going round and round and round and round. And they got their mind on what they need to do in this world just to survive, maybe to thrive, maybe to prosper. And uh, they're involved in all of that. That's what their life is consumed with. Until Jesus comes walking by on the sea of shore of Galilee and He calls these men away from just having a menial task of life, of eating, drinking, giving in marriage, all of that, and not paying uh, the will of God or the things of God any attention. The Lord calls them out of that lifestyle and He says, I want you now to follow me. And if you will follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And as you were busy fishing for fish, and as you were involved in uh, feeding your family and all of that, I'm going to teach you another kind of fishing, and I want you to get busy in my kingdom and in my work, and I want you to get interested in what God is interested in. Part of what a revival meeting is this. Normally, you'd be at home. Probably eat supper. Sit down, maybe watch the evening news or uh, do some other things and just go about uh, your menial task and your menial business. Not not bad things, mowing grass, feeding cows, maybe setting up a deer stand, maybe being involved with washing clothes and taking care of young'uns and all of that. But this week and next week, God has called you to what's called the holy convocation. And that's where you lay everything aside and you say, all right, 
I can cut the grass next week. I can do these other things next week. I'm laying all this aside. And I want to come and hear from the Word of God. And I want to be involved in some spiritual things, not just menial tasks of the things that I am involved in. Now, here's a thought that hit my mind. Uh, Jesus called them. And uh, it was a personal call. Uh, He called them by name. He called uh, John and Peter and Andrew and James, and He called them by name. And you know, the Lord's still calling people by name. He knows your name. He knows your nickname. He can change your name, and He will do that. And uh, He individually calls us to various things. Not everybody is called to preach. Not everybody's called to be a missionary. Not everybody's called to be a deacon. But everybody is called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And He called and said, If you follow Me, I will make you. And you know, we need to take this call personally. Isaiah says, ye are my witnesses. Every one of us in this building tonight have an opportunity to witness to people that others will not have. I come into this community, I don't know a whole lot of people, but you go home, you've got neighbors, you've got family, you've got relatives, you've got people you were raised with, you've got folk that you work with, you've got people that you're involved with. And this congregation will touch more people's lives in one week than this preacher can touch in a long time. And if each one of us will say, God, help me to be a witness and to be a fisher of men, what a multitude can be reached right out of this congregation. And it is a personal call. You know, the Lord said, Go ye therefore. And there's a lot of ye's in the going forth and a lot of ye's involved in getting the gospel of the Lord Jesus out. Now we find that they had to uh, depart from some things in in order to go forward in the work of God. Uh, He talked about in verse 18, they left their nets. And then there's Zebedee, their father. He had to lay aside a family relationship to go forward with the Lord. You know, the psalmist said, No man cared for my soul. And it's because we care for a lot of other things more than we care about what God wants us to do. And I think about how sometimes we uh, forget that we are the one that's the stop sign between hell and vote going there. And there is a man in hell right below our feet, just a few miles below our feet. And he has a prayer meeting going on. And he's praying, send somebody to my five brothers that they come not to this awful place of torment. Send somebody, send somebody. And that somebody may be you. It may be me. I know that's what I do all the time. But every one of us are sent out. You remember the Lord told the disciples at one point, He said, I'm sitting here on the well in Samaria. You go into the city and buy meat. Well, they went into the city and bought meat. They didn't witness to a soul. They came back down there. They spread the food out around the well. They prayed. And they looked at Jesus and He wasn't eating. And they said, Master, eat. He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Well, he'd been talking to that woman down there and telling her who he was and winning her to God. Well, the disciples, they besought him to eat and said, somebody brought you something already? And he said, no, that's not it at all. 
And then he began to explain to the disciples. He said, I sent you to reap whereupon you bestowed no labor. Other men are labored and you're entered into their labors. And those disciples are saying, send us. No, you sent us to buy groceries up here in Samaria. That's what you sent us to do. The Lord said, yeah, I sent you to do that because we needed some groceries, but I really sent you into Samaria to tell them about me. And He said, I sent you to reap whereupon you bestowed no labor. He said, somebody's already laid the groundwork. All you had to do is tell it. And they're thinking in their mind, ha, yeah, sure. If you'd been up there in Samaria and you'd seen them folk that we saw, it's a wonder we don't get tomain poison in eating this food that we bought up there. And man, I just got the creeps even being in a place like that. They never would listen to you. They, they never would uh, listen to what we have to say. And about that time, they hear somebody screaming. And it's that woman that Jesus was talking to. And she comes down the hill and she got a whole gang of men behind her. It looks like a posse. And she says, there he is. There he is. That's the one told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ, the Son of God? Is this not the one greater than Jacob? He's the one that took away my sin and gave me a well of living water springing up into my soul. That's him. That's him. And they approached Jesus and got to talking to him. And Jesus convinced them and they got saved. And they were such smart Alex. They said, now we believe not because of this woman, but because we've met you ourselves. But even though they disdained her, she was the instrument. And had those disciples went up in that village and said, hey ma'am, you know who's down here at your well? Who? Oh, the one that can turn water into wine. The one that opens blinded eyes. The one that cleanses the lepers. The one that raises the dead. How do you know? I've seen him do it my own. I, you ought to come down here and meet him. Man, they'd have turned that village upside down. And here they'd have come one by one. But they didn't. They played hush mouth. Yes. Amen. Amen. They wasn't following the Lord as they ought to follow him. And you know, God sends us out every day to do our menial tasks. But in sending us out, He sends us to be fishers of men. And if we're following Jesus, that's what we're going to get interested in. And here's a thought that I had. If somebody comes by and they say to me, Hey, you want to go with me fishing? I say, well, do you know anything about fishing? Oh yeah, I've been fishing a long time. I know where the holes are at. I know where the big ones are at. And I know how to catch them. Well, then I might follow them. Well, did Jesus know anything about fishing? He is raised in Joseph's carpenter shop. Does he know anything about fishing? Well, let's ask Simon Peter. Peter has listened to Jesus preach and preach and preach. He's in his boat. There's a multitude on the shore there. And Jesus says, Amen. And Peter says, All right, now I can get back to doing what I need. And he's rowing in. Jesus says, Whoa, 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 whoa. Back your boat up, son. I want you to take a drought of fishing. He said, Master, we've told all night long and taken none. You say you know something about fishing? All right. Nevertheless, at your word, an old doubtful Peter threw in his little net when the Lord said, throw your nets. And as he threw that little cast net in there, it went down, 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 down. And he tightened that rope on his wrist and he started pulling that net up. 
That net started doing this number right here. And boy, the harder he pulled, the fuller and the heavier it got. And the water churned like an agitator in a washing machine. And he looked and there's just gobs of fishes there until his net began to break. Not because fish is trying to get out, but because fish were jumping and trying to get in. And Peter couldn't handle it all. And he hollered, James, get over here. And those boys paddled over there. They throw their big nets out and they filled their boat slap up until fish were flopping in this side and flopping out that side. No, Peter stopped and he looked and there Jesus backed up in the corner of that boat just watching old Peter. Peter looked up and realized there's more than people on his boat. And he understood that Jesus knew something about fishing that he didn't even know. And so when the Lord said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, Peter had learned this lesson before. Well, Peter did follow him and guess what? Praise God again. Everybody's starving. 5,000 folk out there. The Lord can not only do something with live fish, He can do something with dead fish. They said, we don't have much anything. Here's five loaves and two little fishes this boy is offering. And the Lord takes those two little fishes and He multiplies and blesses and feeds 5,000 men plus the women plus the children. Does He know anything about fishing? I think He does. And then even after the resurrection, the disciples are back out there again. They're trying to fish a little more. And uh, Jesus is on the shore in His resurrected body. And He said, children, have you any meat? And they understood, no. And He said, cast your net on the other side. They cast their net on the other side. Caught 153 big fish. And Peter said, it's the Lord he come dragging those fish up on the shore. But Jesus had already been fishing because he had a fish on the fire and he fed them broiled fish and a honeycomb. Yes, he knows something about fishing, so I believe that we ought to be willing to follow him. Amen. And I thought about how he knows something about fishing for men. Oh yes, there's a lot of secrets in fishing. And a lot of things you need to learn if you're going to be a good fisherman. And if you follow Jesus, you can learn those things. I think about, first of all, if you're going to be a fisherman, you need to be prepared. If I said tomorrow, Brother Scott, we're going fishing. Well, he'd go to his uh, storeroom or wherever and say, I better get my fishing rod out. Better check and see if I got any hooks. Now, we're going to need some bait. I make sure my truck's got some gas in it. If we got a boat, we're going to have to prepare that. Honey, would you fix us some lunch? Because we're going to be out there for a while. And you start getting prepared if you want to go out and catch fish. You've got to get your fishing rod. And you know what? If we want to catch fish, we need to be ready to give an answer to every man of the reason of that hope that lieth in us. And you're not going to tell somebody else how to get saved if you're not saved yourself. There's some folk trying to tell other folk how to get saved and they're not even saved themselves. Amen. If the blind follow the blind, they'll both fall in the ditch. And the reason a lot of people are not witnessing is because they don't have anything to witness about. Amen. If you're down there on the... Uh, at the courtroom, and that attorney asked you, where were you at on so-and-so? Well, I was 
uh, 40 miles away. Did you see anything about this accident? No. Do you know anything about it? No. Have you ever seen this man before? No. Well, well, get off the stand. You're no witness. What are you even doing here? And a lot of folk don't tell folk about Jesus because they don't know nothing about Jesus. And they're not sure that they are saved by the grace of God. You've got to be prepared in knowing that you are saved. And how can you pray for somebody else if you haven't prayed for yourself? You say, oh, I'd like to help people. Well, you've got to get some help, first of all, for yourself. There has to be preparation. And then secondly, if you're going to be a fisher, you've got to follow the Lord and learn some patience. A good fisherman is a patient person. Amen. You know, I think about watching these guys. I've been bass fishing with these fellas, and they'll stand on the front of that boat, and they'll throw, 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 and they'll throw. Nothing, 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 nothing. But then, boom, he delights into one. And you know, it's easy to get impatient when you're fishing for souls. If the first door you knock on, they don't give you a cordial reception or get right with God, a lot of folk just throw their hands up and say, well, ain't nobody here wants to to listen anyhow. I was up in uh, Point Hope, Alaska, and we were doing a Bible distribution among all uh, the communities there. We put a Bible in every home north of the Arctic Circle and all the native villages and homes and whoever we could find there. And I remember me and a fellow from Chattanooga went uh, to this door. I knocked on the door. And the way they do up there, they don't say, oh, come in or come to the door. They just usually, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I didn't know what that's all about. Start out, I thought they were barking at me or something. But then they told me that's just the way they say, ah. And so I just come on in, come through the little foyer there. And there was four ladies sitting on a couch. And uh, I said, uh, hello, ladies. Uh, me and this fellow's. Uh, come to give you a Bible packet and some good gospel. Don't want it. I said, it don't cost you a dime. We don't want anything. We just want to get, don't want it. I said, but it's, and she said, get out of here. I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, okay, okay, okay. I reached down and dusted my shoes off and walked on out the door. We come out into the street and I looked right down there in the curve of that little dirt road. And there's somebody moving around in this old building. I said, we'll go see if we can talk to them. We went down there to that old building. I looked, and it was a teenage boy in there. And I spoke to him. He said, hey, how you fellas doing? He said, you come to my house yesterday. He said, you give me one of them packets. I said, you get a chance to look at He said, I did. And I don't ask you a question. I said, what's that? He said, can I get saved? I said, well, if you repent of your sins and trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what he said. He said, I mean right now. I'm ready to get saved. I said, let's get in. We got out in the middle of that old nasty shop. He called on the Lord, begged God to save him by the grace of God. We got up from there rejoicing in the Lord. I walked back down them steps and I, I looked at that house and it just run and threatened me and run me off. I said, hallelujah, we didn't quit. We didn't quit. If you're going to fish up a river, you may hit a hole, hit nothing, hit nothing, hit nothing, then boom. Boy, there it is. Don't you get discouraged. If somebody won't take your track, somebody won't listen to you, somebody doesn't respond to you, you just keep on fishing. You've got to be patient. I was up in Manitoba, Canada. 
And uh, I preached a meeting at Burtwood Baptist Church. After the meeting, a preacher said, we're going down here to this premier pike and musky lake. And said, we've rented the boats, we got the fishing equipment, and all we want you to do is give us a devotional in the morning and then preach to us at night. And I said, good. He said, we'll fish during the day. That's what we're going there for. I said, sounds good to me. He didn't have to twist my arm. Well... First day, we all did pretty good. It's a beautiful day. Next morning, it turned off cold. I mean cold. Well, some of the guys built a fire in this barrel, and boy, it was burning and all that. We all got in our boats and went up the lake there. We sat there about 35, 40 minutes. Nothing was biting. I heard a boat crank up way up the way. Meow, he come by us. The next boat, and the next boat, and the next boat. And we looked over there, and they're all standing around the burn barrel. They're warming up, and they're talking about how there's no fish in Canada, and how it was good yesterday, and it might be good tomorrow, but boy, just no good today. We just might as well quit and sit around and talk about how bad the fishing is. So I looked at those fellas in my boat. I had a young missionary and an old preacher. And I said, boys, we can go talk about how there's no fish in Canada and talk about what a bad day it is, so we can just keep on fishing. What do you want to do? I said, I'd rather keep on fishing. They said, let's keep fishing. I said, okay. I cranked the boat up and pulled over in the shallow water. And that young missionary, he threw. He said, I got one. The old preacher threw. He said, I got one. I cut the boat off. I threw and I got one. And man, for the next 35, 40 minutes, we were just about every cast had moved out of the deep water into the shallow for some reason. And we called our limit out. Well, we cranked up, pulled in there, and them boys standing by that burn barrel. And one of them hollered, hey, you boys catch anything? That young missionary reached down there and he pulled up a string of them pike and musket along as you leg. He said, yeah, we did. And you know why we caught? We didn't quit fishing. And the devil's going to try to get you to quit fishing. Quit giving out your tracks. Quit witnessing. Quit inviting. Well, I invited them four times and they said, throw your hook the fifth time. Hallelujah. You've got to be a persevering person if you're going to be a fisher of men. And then something else. A good fisherman is perceptive. They're always looking for opportunities to fish. And if you like to fish, you're always looking and you're always checking it out. I was up in uh, Cordova, Alaska, preaching a meeting up there. And pink salmon were running. It was in the fall of the year. And to the Alaskans, the pink salmon is on the bottom of the food chain. And then you got your silvers, and then you got your reds, and then you got your kings. So you could catch a whole ton of those pinks, but we caught a few of them. We wasn't interested in that so much. And then we were going down the road... And we crossed this bridge and I saw a sign and it said fly fishing only 200 feet above the bridge and below the bridge. And I said to my buddy, I said, "Uh, what's that about? He said, I have no idea. He's lived there. He hadn't paid any attention. He's not interested in fishing, but he caught me and I'm interested in fishing. So we went down to the fly shop and I said, what's going on? He said, well, that's red salmon and said, uh, you got to catch them with flies. I said, got my fly rod. I got some little old bitty flies. And 
threw in there. Man, I'd hook one of those things. He'd take off and he'd break it and tip it off. And I, I was spending money on those little old bitty flies. And my son-in-law, Matthew. Some of y'all met Matthew there at camp. The wild man from North Carolina. Uh, oh, Matthew, he told me, he said, why don't we put a piece of that 50-pound spider wire on for a tippet? And I said, yeah, we'll get us some bigger flies. We got great big flies. Man, we started catching them things right and left, right and left. And you know why we caught them? I was perceptive to say that might be a good fishing hole and I need to investigate that. How many good fishing holes do we pass by every day and not realize there's spiritual fish in there and people that need to be brought into the kingdom of God? And if you look around and start detecting places, you'd be surprised where all you could find fish and where all we could find souls for the glory of God. Maybe you're near where you work at, maybe right there in your own hometown, maybe in your family, might be in a gathering somewhere, might be at the gas station, the grocery store, might be over there at the cattle sale. You just absolutely never know where, but if you're perceptive and you're looking for opportunities and you're praying, God, you open that door, you might be surprised where you can find good fishing. Amen. And then I think about the purpose for fishing. Why would we fish? Well, you know, you got this thing called catch and release fishermen. These old boys, now, now get with me. These old boys, they got a $75,000 pickup truck and a $100,000 bass boat and all that equipment and everything. They go down there to the lake and they catch all these fish and they'll get them up there and throw them right back. Catch them and throw them back. Catch them and throw them I'm not a catch-and-release fisherman. I'm a catch-and-eat fisherman. Amen. I was down on the Amazon preaching for Brother Kenneth Cates on the Amazon River, and it rained collusions one night. The next morning we got up, and Kenneth said, I'm going to take you and show you something you've never seen before. I said, let's go. We got in the boat. We went way up this canal. And when we got there, there was probably 30 canoes, and each one of them had one of those uh, Brazilian Indians standing on the front of that canoe, and they had their bows and their little old arrows, and they were standing there looking. And what happens when it rains like uh, real hard, the fish get drunk, and they come up to the top of the water, and they just circle around like this, like they're almost dead. And boy, when one would do that, that old boy pull back, and, and he would shoot that fish. And when he would miss one, them guys would cackle and laugh at him and make fun of him. And he'd get right back up there and boy, he'd go at it again and he'd be holding one up. And you think he was a catch and release fisherman? No, sir. He was a catch and he had a purpose to catch and eat. It wasn't for numbers. It wasn't for trophies to hang on the wall. He meant to put that in the frying pan. And our attitude ought to be not for numbers. Oh, Brother Brandon, I won so many souls, got so many fishes in the boat. Oh, look at my... No, that's not it at all. It's bringing souls into the kingdom of God. Not just getting a profession out of it, but seeing them get a possession of salvation. I want to see souls saved, but I want to see them saved. Hey, young girls, 
I'm interested in every one of you getting saved and knowing that you get saved. But you know what? I want to see you saved. Not just the profession, but when the Holy Ghost deals with you and turns conviction on you and God knocks on your heart, you'll know that. Just like I walk up to you and say, hey, it's time, it's time. And when that happens and God turns that light on, you'll know it. And I don't want to twist no profession out of people, whether it be young or whether it be old. I want to be a catch and keep fisherman. Amen. And see them get in there and stay in there and go on and serve God. I know every fisherman talks about the big one that got away, and that's how they get big. And there's a lot of them got away. Boy, you just keep fishing though, and you pray to God, God help me not to let them get away. And then I think about something else. I think about there has to be practice in fishing. Uh, there are different ways to fish. You can be a net fisherman. There's cast nets, seine nets, dip nets, gill nets, trawler and boat nets. There's hook fishing. There's gotcha hooks, barbed hooks. There's rod and reel. There's hand lines. There's limb lines. There's jugging. Amen. There's all kind of ways to fish. And then some of them folk call it noodling down home. They're crazy. They'll go down the banks of some old river and run their hand up under some old rock and they'll feel that catfish and that catfish will grab their hand and they'll come out. People have nearly drowned by them big rascals. Nearly uh, drowned and they couldn't get loose of them. There's all kind of ways to fish. It don't have to be according to Dr. Doodle Diggers. Five ways of successful fishing. Praise God, there's all kinds. One little old boy one time, he was catching fish one winter and there wasn't nobody else catching fish, but he figured out how to do it. And that fellow said, son, how are you catching fish and nobody else is catching fish? He said, he said, I ask you how you're catching these fish. He said, he said, it's cold. We can't catch them and you're catching them. He said, tell me, son. He said, you got to keep your worms warm. <laughs> so he figured out how to do it when everybody else wasn't catching that. And boy, you got to look at it and say, God, give me wisdom and understand. I had a preacher ask me just a little while back, what would you do if you was me in this place? And I told him, I said, I'd circle this place and everybody would know I was on the map. And I said something else I'd do is I'd get a, a website because you go to the airport, you go anywhere, and anybody moves in any community, you know what they're going to do? Uh, Independent Baptist Church, King James Bible Baptist Church. Oh, there it is. Preaching in Paris, France. This young couple showed up on a Wednesday night. I spoke to him after I preached that service. And I said, oh, you're uh, from America, huh? He said, No. He said, I am French-born Jew. And he said, I learned my English at Duke University. I said, oh, what? that tells me why he had a North Carolina accent. He said, but we were just searching the web and said, we come across this church. And me and my wife both said, we need something spiritual. And what you preach tonight's exactly what we need. Anyhow, Jeremy wound up getting saved. He's a Catholic Jew Frenchman. And him and his wife both got saved that night, got to lead them to God that night. Went back the next year and he translated for me and a lot of my messages and traveled with me different places in France. But you know how he got hooked? 
That little old system right there, just, just putting out the information so they could get it. Gospel tracks, my soul, you got all kind of bait back there in the track rack. And if we go out of here and you go through it or drive through or eat or give gas and just simply give somebody a good gospel track, I'll tell you there's all kind of hooks and ways to be able to fish if we will fish. And I will say this. Dr. Ivor Powell, he was an evangelist from Wales that traveled all over the world. Me and him preached meetings together in the latter part of his life. And I was young, and he's, he's an older guy, and he was in a big Bible conference. And he asked me, he said, you had anybody saved in your meetings of late? And I told him about two or three that had gotten saved. He said, oh, oh. He said, I, I long to get back out there and just preach to sinners. Said they got me in these conferences preaching. They know Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and Chaldean and everything else. And said, I preach to save people all the time. But he said, just to preach to sinners. That's what I like. He said, we're fishing in aquariums. Fishing in aquariums. Boy, I thought a lot of times we are fishing in aquariums. My mama lived right beside Green River there in the Western Carolina mountains. And she'd call and say, Randy, the stocking truck just went up. I'd go and tell my two younger kids, David and Rebecca, I'd say, hey, y'all want to go fishing? Hey, girls, you know what they'd say? Hey, hey, girls, you know what they'd say when I'd say y'all want to go fishing? Ain't no fish down there. Green River's fished out. We ain't going to catch nothing. I'd say, well, we might. So I'd get an old Zebco 202 and some rusty eagle claws and some corn. We'd go down there, and I'd throw in there and hand one a pole and hand one the other pole. I got one. I got one too, Daddy. And boy, it wouldn't be long till we would, we would catch our limit down there. And you know why we could do that? Because there's fish in the river. You can take the best G. Loomis fly rod, finest Orvis flies. You can know how to shatter cast. You can fish deep. You can fish top water and not catch a thing if there's no fish there. But praise God, you can just take some old eagle claw hooks and some corn or maybe an old worm throw in there and if there's fish, you're going to be catching fish. Church, come here a minute. You'd be surprised what a soul winning pasture you got right here if you would stock the pond. Be honest now, we're all guilty. The thing we're really interested in, come on honey. Get them youngest ready. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And drive up in that churchyard and come in. We made it. We're here. Hallelujah. All right, let's do it again this evening. Let's do it again Wednesday. And we're not interested in reaching out and bringing somebody with us. But if this crowd will stop the pond. And listen, I travel thousands of miles to come to preach to a few folk that are saved. And I'm thinking if saved folk would just really get down the business and bring sinners in, you would start seeing sinners get saved by the grace of God. Grandma, you could be one of the greatest fishermen in this. You know, the thing about fishing is little kids can fish, great-grandpa can fish, daddy can fish. You don't have to be smart, strong, whatever. Everybody can fish. Grandma, you can be one of the great fishermen of this, this, this church. Boy, Granny, we sure are glad you fixed these Sunday dinners. We sure do love them. Yeah, you do. Okay. 
Well, if you're going to eat Sunday dinner at my house, then you're going to come to church with me. Because if you don't come to church with me, Granny ain't fixing no Sunday dinner. You let them miss out on a few and see what happens. Granny, I think we'll go to church with you. Amen. Boy, we start talking to our buddies and our friends and different ones. And first thing you know, here they come. Amen. And you know what's going to happen? This gospel preaching preacher you got is going to preach and the Holy Ghost is going to convict them and they're going to start getting saved by the grace of God. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And the key to it is following Him. And if we follow Him, we'll get interested in what He's interested in. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. I want us to stand all over the house, please. The key is following Jesus. Sister Emily, will you come on the piano, please, ma'am? And she's just going to play some song of invitation tonight. This is the first night of this meeting. And I wonder if maybe God spoke to your heart and put somebody in your mind that maybe you need to speak to them about the Lord. And it may be that tonight God is putting your heart a burden to say, hey, I don't need to just be worried about me getting here. I need to get my friend here. I need to get my neighbor. I need to get my kinfolk here. Lord, would you open the door that I could witness and invite them? And would you give me courage and boldness to do it? And give me the burden in my heart to do some spiritual fishing. I want to follow you, Jesus. And if you follow him, he'll make us to be fishers of men. As she begins to play some number, you want to come get around this altar? We ought to get in this altar tonight. Begin into this meeting and pray and ask God to help us to follow Him and be the kind of fisher persons that we need to be. Folk are coming, why don't you come too? Anybody can fish. Young folk, old folk, skilled, novice. Any of us can fish, but you've got to have a desire to fish. You've got to have a longing to fish. And if you follow Him, maybe tonight that you need to be saved. The Lord's put a hook in your jaw and He's pulling on you. And you know you need to get saved tonight. Won't you get in this altar and beg God to save you? Then you'll have something to tell somebody else. You'll have something to witness to somebody else. God's a-dealing with you. You want to come, get saved. Come, call on His name. Come on tonight. I want to follow you, Jesus. Where are you going, Lord? I'm going fishing. You want to go with me? You know how to fish, Jesus? Oh, yes. Praise God, He put a hook in my jaw one day, cast the net of the gospel over me and brought me in. Follow Him and He will teach you. He'll guide you. Maybe your family needs to get in. God use you to be that fisherman. Maybe a friend. Maybe a stranger. The Lord will help us tonight as we get around this altar and we pray.
Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus tonight and I ask you, dear God, to bless these that have come. Lord, I remember many a time praying, God, if you'll open the door, I'll witness. God, I pray you that you'd open up the open up the windows of heaven and outpour it upon this people. You said, ye shall be witnesses. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Lord, fill us with the Holy Ghost. Prepare us and Lord, ready us to be able to be the kind of witnesses You want us to be. And then, Lord, I pray that it be effectual. That we wouldn't just go fishing, but Lord, we'd go fish to catch fishes. Lord, I pray that You'd help these precious folk to hook into some folk and draw them and bring them and see them saved by the grace of God. Lord, guide us in Your mercy and help us to get interested in what You're interested in. In Jesus' name we plead the blood. Have your way, Lord, have your way.